Sports Show presents House of Rugby. Hello and you're all very welcome to House of Rugby. My name is Maura Trasny-Rule and I'm delighted to be joined on this week's show by Dan Levy and Pat McCarry. How are you both doing, lads? Good weekend? Yeah, really good, yeah. Um... We're well back and the kids are all back in school and I've been kicked out of the house and into the, I told my even wife today I'm going to go into the studio and she was like, yes, please. Get, get out, away, Pat, get out we've seen enough of you. Yeah, so yeah, I'll settle back. Yeah, really good. Dan, I know we were chatting um, for an event during the Rugby World Cup for Joe.ie about your live post-rugby. For, for those who weren't there, who weren't lucky enough to be there that night, um, how's life treating you? This is your chance to get the whiskey plug in there. <laughs> yeah, thanks. You teed it up very nicely <laughs> Thank for you me there. Uh, yeah, life's good. Uh, um, watching a lot of rugby, getting uh, getting close now to the Six Nations again, and uh, selling a lot of whiskey as well. So uh, brand's doing well. It's called Ohm, uh, Ohm Whiskey for anyone who doesn't know. Um, we're into our third release now. Um, support's been amazing. Uh, we're absolutely loving us. Uh, we we sold out the first two in like kind of five and a half hours odd, and we're on to wow. our third one now. It's a slightly bigger release, but. Um, it's going really well. We've got a couple of really good plans and ad campaigns and everything coming up now over the next while. And we've got another couple of really cool releases uh, coming early March this year. So, um, yeah, it's going Exciting well. times. Do you still get excited about rugby in the same way that you did as a player, like European weekend now? Do you look forward to watching it? Um, has there been enough of a gap from retiring? <sighs> Uh, almost more so now. Um, when you're playing, you're very excited, but there's also like there's a lot of moving parts. You're you're nervous. Your whole week is lined up for eighty minutes of basically war. You know what I mean? So um, now, kind of go throughout your week and do whatever you have to do. And then when it comes to the weekend, you know European rugby is special. You get rugby, you know, Friday nights, all of Saturday, all of Sunday. It's just amazing to watch and such a such an amazing spectacle. As a player, I used to never watch any more rugby than I had to. So I'd be very diligent with my prep and scouting of mm-hmm. oppositions and I'd, I'd have to know them inside out. But, um, you know, when it's your job, you definitely want a bit of distance as well. And I'm not going to be sitting down to watch Dragon Zebra on, on, on my Friday night off. What? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I know it is it's champagne rugby, but not for me. I'm overkill. So, yeah, that's the way. So I, I love it now, you know, just sitting down watching all the rugby on the weekend. And then even I got to go to the Leinster Stad game and they had a kind of the first day of the Leinster Pass Players Network was launched and uh, amazing initiative. You see Leinster players that have been played for the last, you know, 30 years all went and, uh, it was great to kind of start to build out that network. I know a lot of other clubs, mm-hmm. Saracens have a really strong one. I think Leicester have a really strong one where, you know, for example, if you're a player now, you're interested in a certain industry or, you know, whatever it is, you can go to that network and see someone who's 20 years, 30 years, you know, ahead mm-hmm. who will help you and kind of guide you and, and give you contact. So it's an amazing initiative and credit to Ron O'Donnell and Leo's helped a lot. I think Rob Carney was involved in setting it up as well. So it was a good first day. Yeah, yeah there was a real atmosphere I felt around the Aviva on Saturday, over 40,000 people there as well. And it's brilliant to see. Is it, does it feel much different European week as a player when you're building up to these games as opposed to the league? Um, yeah, there's, there's a bit more lights on it. There's, you know, with Leinster, they've got such a, you know, strong and deep squad that they can rotate a lot of players. And, you know, when you come into Europe, it's going to be as close to full strength as possible. Um, you know, Leinster in the old format, uh, 
<clears throat> Leinster w- would be just hammering every every team, and it was kind of not 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 that I think you know if they, if you look at last last year when Leinster played Montpellier uh, and beat them by oh that was two years ago and um, played Montpellier and beat them by seventy points mm. uh, on Christmas time. At least you know it was a, it was a, it was a slightly closer game this time. I thought Stad did quite well, and I didn't think Leinster were firing straight away off uh, on all cylinders. But yeah, it was a good game. It was a good spectacle and. Uh, we got to see some nice tries and everything in the end, yeah. Yeah, we'll touch on those games a little later on, but we'll kick things off with Munster. I think the performance and the game yeah. of the weekend, they were up against it. They hadn't won a game since the start of December. They hadn't won a game away from home all season, um, crippled by injuries mm. and their set-piece malfunctioning. And of course, Munster go away to Toulon um, in France and manage a magnificent performance. Yeah, yeah, and it was funny because, yeah, you, you guys were all in here. I think it was like Blue Monday was yesterday, but I felt like last week, like everyone was getting injured and people were pulling out of squads and stuff like that. And and it felt like Andy Farrell was kind of in a place where who was he going to pick? There was like disasters, maybe at out half, at, at back three. And all of a sudden then after the weekend, you're feeling a lot better. Like, you know, Lowe got back, Furlong's back, O'Mahony's back. And then you just saw in that Munster game around four or five lads really stepped up. And like if, if they... They were kind of maybe on the fringes. All of a sudden, you're saying, "Okay, we feel confident about him and in, in the squad." Like, um, yeah, just so many good performances, and then, like, it's just good to see Crowley. Like, and he, and the, I thought the the good part about it, he wasn't perfect, but yet it didn't look like his confidence took a knock. Like, he still kept trying things and um, trying out the kicks in behind a couple of great kind of kicks as well, and linked up with a heron for one of his tries as well. And because um, yeah, he he did a kick there in the first half, and it went straight to. Um, yeah, to well, I'm trying to even think. What, what, it's it's a little bit like um, you're one of the Fijians. I think he was a sevens player. Absolutely rinsed around five of the lads, uh, and then got an offload away. And it looked like okay, like for a younger player, for somebody else, they might not try it again. But mm-hmm. Crowley just kind of stepped up and later yeah, he in the stuck half, to the game plan. He yeah. wasn't afraid to try it again and again. Yeah, and that's it. And you can really see it there, like work to perfection with the Zebo try. Like and yeah, they're they're like good value for their win. Like so. Um, yeah, and lots of it, and then that's the big thing. It felt like that wasn't. It? They went away to Wasps a couple of years ago during COVID, and after some of the lads went to South Africa, and whenever you kind of are tempted to write them off, they just come back and kind mm-hmm. of produce something. So, um, yeah, they'll be in a lot better position now going into this weekend's game. But yeah, loads of positives there for them. I thought. Yeah, they badly needed to get some bodies back down, and they got the likes of Peter O'Mahony, Niall Scannell, and Nankaville, Joey Carberry mm-hmm. back, and this experience was really <sighs> needed from Munster's performances up until now when they have been struggling over the past couple of weeks. What difference did those players make, you know, settling the line out and the elements that they were struggling with? Yeah, I thought Scannell came in and did a really good job. I think you could see the leadership that Pete brought as well. Uh, Definitely kind of steadied the ship a little bit, um, which was good to see. I think Roundtree kind of went back to his old guard a little bit. um, And I think... Munster look better for us. I know they still have a lot of injuries. I mean, you know, Dave Kilcoyne is definitely one. Uh, I think they're still missing, um, you know, Klein and Steinman. You know, if you, if you add those guys into any mix, it's going to be a different team. So um, the guys coming back definitely helped. Uh, I thought Scannell definitely shored up. Between Scannell and Pete, they shored up a lot of the, the line out and set piece and uh, Scannell got through a hell of a lot of work with Hodnett and 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 Ahern, who I'm who I'm really really um, thinking is is going from strength to strength mm-hmm. at the moment. Um, I mean, 
huge man, um, serious athlete. Uh, like how many tries has he scored out in the, the yeah. off crossfield kicks and in the wide channels now? So um, I think he's definitely one now that that should be looking at the Six Nations as an amazing opportunity to get a foothold into the Irish team. Um, you know, for for Farrell now, obviously after the heartbreak of the World Club World Cup and stuff. Um, and like signing in with, with the IRFE for, for you know the extension to the next World Cup. I think this is a good opportunity for them to start looking at what's coming next. Mm. Um, obviously it's amazing to win Grand Slams and you know, but at the end of the day, we should we should be looking at the next World Cup now as a, re- a real opportunity for us. Um, it's very, you know, you can just look at some of the players that played over the weekend, young, young players that have amazing potential and there's a lot to be excited about in uh, Irish rugby at the moment. Definitely. And before we move off Munster, like this result could definitely reignite their season. They have Northampton coming to town this weekend. Would you have them content- as contenders for Europe now? I know the whole narrative around Munster really has changed with this one result because the results that they've had up until now, although they were losing games, they were not far off yeah. clicking. It was more down to game management in the last 20 minutes which they got right this weekend yeah it was just a matter of I suppose staying in it and, and as they did last season it's just like if they're in there like you know for the final month of the season then there's a chance because they might get a few I think even O'Donoghue has been ruled out for another few months as well like with his knee issue I think he was cleared out wasn't he in the the, the kind of game. game as well yeah. like and I think Ralston got himself a three game ban like and O'Donoghue's out now for the guts of the season but I think Haley's coming back soon enough for them as well. Like so, that makes a big difference. Like whenever they get him back, they can start changing things around. But yeah, it was just like it was just so good to see him at the weekend. You see like Kendallin and Gleeson on the bench from as well. Who kind of like he, Gleeson looks like a real prospect. And so they have a little bit more depth. Or those younger lads have a bit more experience this season. So. Um, well, they've had to. They've had yeah. to step up. They've had no choice. They've missed so many key players. Yeah, and uh, be, they're not just, contenders. Come on. Do you think? You think for well for the for, I was if they got if Europe. they got some of the players back? Yeah, but I don't think I, I they're they're I don't think they're there. At, do you think at that if level. if they got like home draw like maybe it might help their cause like if they'd need to win they, again? They this won't weekend. get yeah, but they won't get home if they if they win that either, would they? For last sixteen or anything? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know. It'd be I, I they could. I think they're just missing. You know, with Snyman Klein, I think they're missing a lot of players. Snyman I think is still on course to come back in March I think Klein is out for the rest of the season all right like Mm. but the players that they they have that are on the waiting list to come back in even with that you don't reckon well listen I might have to eat my words soon but I you know I just I think they've been I know they've contended with Leinster a couple times but I think they're just losing too many games I I don't think like I think what Ranji tried to do he tried to go to the younger players and I don't really think they're there yet so mm-hmm. he's kind of going back he's still kind of at the between, start of the rebuild yeah. it happened yeah. last year as well like Munster were really really struggling up until the very end of the year yeah, and they yeah. went on a run and that was Rangy playing all of his young players for a hell of a long mm. time uh, and they were getting nowhere and then he swapped all back to his old his old guard and they won him they won him and then they got ditched again This, you know what I mean so um, I think they're kind of not falling between two stools, but he, they really need to figure out who they are now uh, going forward. I do think Amani and Scannell are going to add a lot, and you know. But yeah, I think there's just quite a few big injuries there mm-hmm. in that squad. So 
I was going to yeah. throw in just like if you've seen because he's played. I think every game he started has this season has been at seven as well. But have you seen much of Hodnett? Like he, yeah. Like what do you make of him as a, as a guy? Like I like him. He's industrious. Um, my concern would be that he's not the biggest guy, and he's not to get to the next level. You need to be pretty physically imposing, and um, but he is. He like I think he made twenty plus tackles in the weekend as well. Yeah, yeah. He he he's the type of per- person you don't like playing against. He's an absolute menace. So. Uh, in fairness, now he's he is going from strength to strength, um, and he's been but, one of their consistent performers, even yeah. when Munster weren't winning. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree with it. I agree with that as well. Um, but yeah, I, you know, it's it's one thing playing, you know, early stage Pro Fourteen yeah. and kind of group stage of Europe, but it's a different thing coming up against La Rochelle, and we'll see how effective he is against the big boys. So that's that's where I'd have him at the moment. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, it looks like. A- a few of the French sides are taking it a bit more seriously. This even mm. Saracen's got Wallop there at the weekend, and uh, yeah, like Bordeaux are kind of looking like they're up for it as well. And um, yeah, I think I think Bordeaux have I, I've been unbelievably impressed with Bordeaux mm. so far this season. Uh, even from the first game, they went out and winning by thirty odd, thirty mm. forty points. They've got one of the best backlines in, yeah. arguably in like world rugby in in terms of club level. Yeah, uh, with Luku and. Uh, they have Demortier, Mofana, um, they've got um, Peno. Yeah. Um, they've got they've got some absolutely exceptional Jelly Bear and Ten. Um, they're absolutely star studded and like they absolutely ripped Saracens yeah. to shreds. Um, it was an unbelievable game to watch. If you want to see some free flowing rugby, yeah, um, yeah I saw the highlights great team to watch. Yeah. Great team to watch. Yeah. Um, and like Saracens, I think scored two tries at the very end in garbage time. So. They beat him forty five odds, you know, yeah. forty five seven or something. So very, very impressive. Yeah. Maybe Connacht weren't as bad as we thought on the opening round yeah. when we see what they do against <laughs> other teams. Well, we look at other results from Europe in a little while, but we're going to turn our focus now to the big news this week. We were all shocked that Andy Farrell was named as Lions head coach on Thursday, and here's what he had to say at the launch. It's me being myself. It's me um, trying to put across to to the, the talented pool of players that, that I work with, that I certainly am going to work with, uh, and letting them, letting them flourish for the, for the type of people that they are to, to be able to express themselves. Um, 100% the talent's going to be there, so I need to make sure that I'm allowing that talent to, to flourish. Well, I'll balance the two roles by, by making sure that I give um, um, both roles the, the, uh, the right attention that, that both roles deserve. Um, I wouldn't take on this on this role unless I could do both both roles to the to the best of my ability, um, and therefore um, I'm very gra- grateful from the IRFU again for for this opportunity. He was the obvious candidate, Dan, and the right man for the job. What does he bring to the role? Do you think? Yeah, I think with the definitely with the Lions uh, coach, it's a lot of it is about man management. So you're going to get a, like a huge pool of players coming from all over Ireland and the UK, uh, and it's just about getting them to gel and getting the most out of them um, as soon as possible. Uh, the fact he's been on two tours before mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. that those kind of glowing references and even like you see the clips of him on YouTube and, and so, you know, he, he that's what he's, that's his bread and butter. And that's why, look at the Irish camp, how well they, you know, they were gelling and how well in sync they were uh, over in France in the World Cup. So. That's what he's going to bring. Um, I think it's important for for world rugby that Australia are firing, and and it's yeah. a competitive series mm. because, you know, if you look at the players that 
lines will have at their disposal going down there. Uh, it's going to be an absolute mammoth task for them. So it's important that that comes around. But uh, yeah, I think he's the natural pick. I think he'll do a great job. And you know, you know, knowing Andy as as a person, he's a, he's a great dude, and he will he will do a great job. He was there in 2013 and 2017 and he understands the lines. He understands what it's about. Mm. How different will it be now for him um, from what he's doing with Ireland at the moment, stepping into this role? Yeah, there'll be kind of a lot more of those kind of going to kind of, I suppose you're talking to the, the club coaches beyond that kind of remit as well. And, and it'd be interesting to see, yeah, like what does he use to kind of summer months to do? Like I know they play South Africa then, but like does he start going around during pre-season and see, like does he start teasing that out already? Or does he completely... It was interesting to see that he didn't take a full season-long sabbatical. Like, he he wants to be around for the November games later on this year, and he's only going to take up the role in December. But will he be doing anything, even just starting to formulate a plan or talk to coaches about, you're going to come in and do this job or that job? Like, already Mm -hmm. I saw talk that, like, you know, would it be stepping it too far to maybe take Paul O'Connell as well? Like, because he'd kind of link in really well and... Um, who else is he getting? Involved? Where does that leave Ireland? Yeah, yeah, <sighs> like I know, like so. Who else kind of can come in? Like so, um, but yeah, no, he he he'll kind of know how it works. And then yeah, he he seems to have like even talking to the players before the World Cup, like themes to kind of get the players all to buy in, and like they were getting kind of like mountain climbers in and kind of talking about like forging a path for yourself. And that was a big talk about when they went to the you know play New Zealand. Like you guys are going to be the guys to create history over here, and he got all the guys to buy into that. So yeah, would he do similar? I was kind of wondering, like, would you ever kind of buy into that? I know some players do, but, like, those things of, like, it definitely seemed to work in New Zealand, but you only hear about the things when they work. You don't mm-hmm. hear about the ones that fail, I suppose, do you? I heard about that one. <laughs> yeah, 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 because they won, like, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, a lot of a lot of coaches do it uh, just for a bit of direction. Um, yeah, it, it, it'd be one of the many kind of tools he uses, but, mm. uh, yeah, 100%. But he does seem to have that kind of, you just, well, again, just all I'm seeing is from the outside, like you talk to some of the players, you know, him, but like they do seem to have that kind of real respect for him as well. And kind of, and he kind of seems to kind of get onto that kind of personal level with people as well. Like, so, um, yeah. And then like, I suppose you'd have that kind of instant connection with the English players then as well. Like, so, um, but yeah, it's, it's a matter of then starting to build out your team then and getting people to scout in your behalf and you're picking, watching extra footage and stuff like that. But you probably already would have, like, again, the Six Nations are so good that, like, you're starting to see players, like, even in his head now, he'll be thinking next yeah. to next year. So if some guy goes out and puts in a good performance against Ireland, that'll be, you know, jotted down somewhere, I'd say, or it's in the back of his mind, at least. Is Simon Easterby the man to step into the head coach role while he's gone? And do you see any negatives from an Ireland perspective, Andy Farrell taking this job, if we're looking ahead to building for the World Cup? No, I think it's, it's definitely good for Farrell and it's good exposure and he'll get a very good you know, inside into other camps as well and kind of what goes on there, which which he could use at a, at a later stage. Uh, it kind of depends on who he takes with him. Uh, that'll kind of, you know, have obviously a big effect on Ireland. If he brings Paulie, does does, he, does Simon take over? Does Raj come in? Do you know, it, I, I don't think Raj probably would come in, but I think... I think what he's done with La Rochelle, his, you know, he's. I think he, as a candidate down the line for the Irish Irish job, is is got to be the front runner down the line in terms of, you know, he's he's worked with the Crusaders, he's worked with, uh, Racing, um, and now what he's done with with La Rochelle, what he's built there. So, uh, I think he, but I don't think he would be interested in coming in for a kind of an interim head mm. coach kind of role. Um, I think it's a good opportunity, whether it's Paulie or Simon. I think it's a great opportunity. I think 
um, if I was Farrell, I probably wouldn't take the whole bones of the, the Irish team yeah. out and and leave Ireland for, for a while. I think it's a good opportunity for Paulie to take a kind of head head coach role there for in the interim as well and kind of mm. grow himself. As a, like people forget Paul went straight into the Irish forwards coach, yeah. um, which is unbelievably uh, kind of peculiar. I don't think that's ever happened. In, I suppose he'll have to look coaching. at other nations as well to have that balance there in the coaching ticket. Yeah, yeah. I think, look, I think it, one of the beautiful things about it is you can get exposure to it. Like, it's a massive honour. It's, you know, pretty much as, as top a level as you can get to uh, getting to represent that. And you can bring people that might bring something slightly different yeah. um, that, again, you mightn't have known about. And you'll pick up little bits off him that'll help ultimately with the, with the Irish role. So mm. um, he does have that at his disposal. Uh I'm sure he'll bring a couple of lads uh, with him, but I think it's important he doesn't take the whole kind of skeleton out and leave yeah. Ireland in disarray. Does the line still have the same allure that it once did? Oh. I know 2021 was very different in South Africa mm. because the fans make the lines so special and the touring party and all of that kind of carnival atmosphere around it. And you didn't have that in yeah. 2021. Um, as Dan was saying, it's important that Australia are competitive, but are people excited about this tour? I know it's very early. It's what eighteen yeah, months it, out. It's, it's, it is funny, yeah. Like Australia will have to. You wonder is New Sephora going to get involved or like? I think even they're having to. Um, I think even their GM was kind of having to kind of step down as well. Like they're almost having to do a complete overhaul in the next couple of years and bring players in. They're already losing um, players to kind of rugby league as well. Like so, how do they? I suppose they, they have the big kind of. The, they tried to bring Eddie Jones back and that went um, horribly wrong as well. Like, but. Yeah, they're, they have, I suppose, the home World Cup, they have the, the line, so hopefully that'll kind of tempt a few more lads as well to kind of stick around. Or Josh Smith's name is still being thrown about. Yeah, yeah, they might have to go big, like, you know, with a, a big coach. And then I was saying, in a way, it'll be the media's job to hype up Australia as much as they can and, and pretend that it's going to be close as well. But it will be like Look, that. Look, if it'll... you want to send me to Australia, I'm free. <laughs> I'm cool with that. Yeah, yeah. But like, um, I know, I, I think it's a big deal. Like, you know, like it's... It it's not it doesn't dominate, but like it it is it's in the conversation for all of next year. The minute twenty four uh two thousand twenty four twenty five season yeah. starts, it'll be conversations. He should be in the mix. There's uh there's nothing I enjoy more than putting potential teams yeah, and squads yeah. together, and everybody does it, and and that's the beauty. Of, like you'll have Scots and Welsh and Irish and English all arguing over who should be in it, and and then again the like the, the shame is. I think the Australia one is always like maybe the tour. If Australia aren't strong, the South Africa and New Zealand tours are the the more kind of marquee tours. Like, but I'd say there will be a lot of excitement around it because you know all going well. Um, no more pandemics hitting us or anything like that. It should yeah. be a massive occasion. Like, so yeah, I, I think it's 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 still got that kind of uh, luster to it. I think yeah. yeah. Well, Farrell's focus quickly turns to this year's Six Nations, and his squad is being announced tomorrow. It's a thirty-seven man squad. If Good few talking points because of the injury list and this will be his first competition without Johnny Sexton. So if we start with the number 10, if Crowley is looked at as the nailed on starter and the injury list that Leinster have at the moment, who are coming up after him? Um, yeah, I think a lot's dictated on whether Frawley is going to be fit or not. Um, hopefully, if, if it is just his ribs and it's not anything more serious than that, mm. I'm assuming he'll be pulled into camp. Um, and then it's who do you want with that third spot and if it were me I'd probably if it was between Harry Byrne and Sam Prendergast at the moment I'd probably pick Sam um, I think Harry's been in 
Harry's been in Irish camp a few times before and even just the exposure he won't be playing against France either way mm. if Rowley's fit so just to be in the environment um, to kind of see the level of training and what's expected uh, will be good will be definitely ver- uh, like very beneficial and it'll also give Harry a good opportunity in Leinster to put a couple of 80 minutes together I think you know the, the 10 jersey in Leinster is an absolute hot seat at the moment mm. and we all kind of knew it was going to be like that a little bit, but, um, you know, everyone's going in, they're playing one game, they're getting swapped mm. out. No one's really, you know, mm. put their hand up. And I know, I know Ross Byrne will be coming back in the next couple of weeks. Um, he's telling me his essence, he's going very well. He's, <laughs> he's feeling jacked. Um, but like they do miss him. Definitely. I think he's been quite unlucky, but I think everyone in that uh, Leinster tenders has been pretty unlucky so far. But again, I'd probably, they'd be the three. I'd, I'd start Crowley at the moment. Um, I think I'm still not fully convinced on Crowley, but what he did against Toulon has given me a lot more confidence. I think the first game, um, Munster's first European game, I really saw, I thought he was really rattled in that game. And um, I kind of, you know, he went down in my stock a little bit. Just he was, you know, putting a lot of really kind of helter skelter kicks and yeah. looked like he really kind of lost the head. But again, you alluded to earlier on against Toulon, he 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 was a bit more composed, and you know that's a good win on the road. Toulon to be uh, away from home is a, is a very good win. So I'd probably have him won, and then if Raleigh's fit, you definitely have to put him on the bench as well, just in terms of his coverage and everything as well, and then bring Sam in and yeah. get him into the environment as well. Have any of the other towns, the likes of Billy Burns, we saw what he did against Leinster now, against Toulouse, he couldn't back it up. Has he done yeah, enough? Yeah, look, he, he, you know, he gave a lot of teams a blueprint on what Leinster don't like. I know that there, there's still a lot of growing pains with that defensive system. So, mm. like, to, to be honest, I actually think losses early in the season where you get burnt and you can learn from are actually a good thing. So, mm. uh, you know, it wasn't, near Leinster full strength team but they'll know now teams will look at that and say this is how you beat Leinster you kick loads so if Leinster can sort out that D and make sure that, that mm-hmm. you know they're not exposed like that again it's prefer to make this now than later on in the season but yeah but Billy was a sensational in that game you yeah. know between those three or four kicks alone uh, definitely deserved of the man of the match but then you see the flip side of that Toulouse coming to town and they absolutely destroyed them yeah. and Billy was Billy had a tough day at the office so um, yeah, and then you know the other provinces. I don't think you know there's been a lot of injuries in in Connacht as well. And um, yeah, is there anyone that you you think merits inclusion? I've always liked Jack Carthy, like, but it seems like you know it'd be like if I was picking a squad and with all the injuries around, I'd put him in. But I don't think Andy Farrell will put him in. That you know, I suppose if you're kind of selecting that way, but. Uh, you know, so he seems to have kind of made up his mind on a few players. I, I, would, I would say from over the last couple of years, which is why some of his Ebo talk has been interesting because you're like, there's surely no way mm-hmm. he's coming in from the wilderness after like six years out. Like, but um, again, there's so many injuries and people that are there that it would make sense. But um, is now the time to just kind of say, yeah, bring in Prendergast or something like that? And like, there's I've seen what Carty can do for me. I'm not convinced <sighs> or something like that. So um, Prendergast is the man. It, like, it's. Prendergast has started four games for Leinster. Like, like he looked like even in the under twenties, there he had a couple of iffy games. He started the tournament off well, but then was kicking really improved by the end of it. But still, like, yeah, uh, I I would say like maybe if there was other players fitting, I wonder if he'd even do the development player thing, like bringing in two or three again. And that's why Frawley is in there to cover. And, and well, then, John Hodnett could be one of those players yeah. that comes in. Yeah, you know. Yeah. On the Just development, for, because there's so much depth in the back row, it would be very hard for him to break through. 
Yeah, I mean, even Scott Penny did something similar a few years yeah. ago, and mm. he 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 got a lot out of it. But it, it is it's competitive. It's very competitive, particularly with Pete coming back into the mix now. Yeah, and there are no well, injuries in the well. back row at the moment. When you look at the starting team that we had in the World Cup, are there um, none of the big names are out? No, They're all fit. Doris back now, Van der Feer yeah. is back. Yeah, the it's it, like even there, like yeah, six is so that's the the captaincy chat is interesting, like because. O'Mahony's back then, but then you can have Byrne could come back. Ahern can play six. You can have Prendergast from six. Baird has been doing pretty decent there as well. Like so, that's just like you have five options for that one jersey mm. then as well. Like so, um, that's what kind of makes all this kind of captaincy chat so interesting because like O'Mahony for as good as he was and he looked good in the World Cup, it's just he might not start every game. Like so, you could do you have like kind of you know you could even have a shared captaincy. Like they're not going to say it. Because they're not going to go down that Leinster route of Ryan and Ringrose as shared captains, but you might have someone like Pete captaining for two or three games, and then Ringrose doing it for a couple of games or something like that. But yeah, they're stacked there in in the back row. It'd be very interesting to see because even Will Connors is again has came back and done really well. Like and he did like he was that horse for course against La Rochelle and was brilliant for his fifty minutes like that he started. But then does he make the squad as well? Like so, there it's the one really unit where. You could, I don't know, you could pick yeah. 12 lads for something like that. If we're looking at Baird and Ahern, um, two players that really want to break through for the same position, what are the main differences and who would you be leaning towards, Dan? Um, they're both kind of unbelievably athletic uh, back rows. Um, I think, I've, I've actually, I've, I've, I think Ryan Baird's been playing really, really well as well. Uh, he's really impressed me, even on the weekend. Um He's a supreme athlete. Some of the line yeah. breaks he makes, um, but he seems to have like kind of toughened up a little bit, and he's kind of he's getting a bit you know nasty as well, which is good to see. Yeah. I think Ahern has been exceptional all year, um, even from the first game. Uh, I saw him the Leinster Munster game in the Aviva, and I thought yeah. he was unbelievable for that whole game. Uh, he's just a massive man, and I think between the two of them, um, they should be vying for for a jersey now and. They mightn't get they mightn't get in straight away against France, uh, but it's a long tournament. People pick up niggles, and it's yeah. kind of to stay motivated and stay ready to ready to you know perform if you get that opportunity. Is the starting pack as it was for you, um, the the pack that we finished with, say in the World Cup, our starters? Would you change anyone there? Has anyone, I suppose, pushed far enough ahead to merit inclusion? And who do you leave out? Um, I think the front row is probably the same. Uh, James Ryan will start. Um, Hendy, I think Hendy's been quite good as well. So I'm not sure if they'll go to a Joe McCarthy or someone else mm. uh, straight away. Um, they might put him on the bench or something like that. Well, you've got Ty Byrne as well. So it, it, like it is, it's very competitive. Yeah. That's why in, in the positions where everyone's fit, I don't think you're going to put out your more experience for the first game in Marseille. It's going to be a tough yeah. battle. I don't think that's the time to let Joe McCarthy yeah, get a get yeah. a run around. So uh, I think you know maybe at home for the next the next game is Italy. Am I right yeah, saying that? yeah. So I think that's when we'll see a lot of uh, new faces, hopefully, and get a few new caps and get get these guys blooded. That you know, in four years' time, when we're looking at the next World Cup, we can actually you know we've used the Six Nations yeah. the right way. 
another slot that needs to be filled because of injury is uh, the right wing because mm. Mac Hansen is out Jimmy O'Brien is out um, we're not going to get a like for like when it comes to Mac Hansen he brings so much mm. to Ireland and to the competition it's such a pity that we won't see him this Six Nations but it's an opportunity for another player who would you have in there when you look at the likes of Calvin Nash, Jordan Armour, Rob Balakoon, um, Jacob Stockdale, I don't know, is there anyone else? who, Who's your number one? Uh, if I was just say the game is this weekend, I'd go Nash. But I still believe in Robert Balakoon. You know, like I still think that he's he's a test player. Like I still think he could be there. Like if maybe if they work with him a bit more, if he, like... I was in like yeah he he made a defensive lapse against Fiji and he hasn't been seen since you know like that's how tough it can be when you're in there like but uh, I still and he's been un- unlucky with injuries I'd still like to think him but I'd got Nash he just has taken so much confidence from being in with that squad over the summer like that he came and took that form back for Munster so you would say he deserves his chance and uh, he could be like Conway like Conway Andrew Conway is a guy that you'd always kind of underestimate and he'd go in and get you two tries against Wales or something like that or uh, or you'd just be so steady without being spectacular like I think I think he was pretty like spectacular at the weekend Calvin Nash yeah yeah oh jeepers yeah, yeah. There's, there's me talking about him not being spectacular he had that brilliant try yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah like so he is capable of that and, and yeah you can see He's he's almost next man up. I would have said Jimmy O'Brien was next man up, but then he was unfortunate with mm-hmm. his injury as well. Like so, so Nash is the next guy. Uh, but I'd still like to see Balakoon in the squad. Just maybe yeah. for my own personal preference, I like him as a player. Like, but I think yeah, Nash. It's it's the easiest guy to slot in at fourteen. Does it come down to Nash against Larmer? Do you think? I I think so. Um, I think there's probably at the moment we like Jordan Larmer is playing very well. And I think you know what you're going to get with Jordan Larmer. Um, I think Nash having got that little bit of exposure at the end of last year has really really grown from it so I think if you get him an opportunity give him a proper opportunity now to go off and and see how he does I think there could be potentially a little bit more upside with him so again look I, I the way I look at it and not everyone would be the same I, I don't think this is a Six Nations where Ireland should be going out trying to win the Grand Slam I think this is where you blood your players and you look at four years and I, you know uh the way the World Cup finished and stuff like that it was obviously it was pretty brutal but one eye always has to be on that now going forward and I think we're not a, not guilty of just focusing on the Six Nations too much because even when we won the last one the Grand Slam it was all win a Grand Slam to go in with momentum to the World Cup so yeah. we're starting to get it now but look if, if they come third and they have you know 10 new caps and you can see a real growth in the team and, and these guys come out of that and really kick on in the summer series then happy days in my opinion What bolters would you like to see in there? Names maybe that I haven't mentioned yet uh, We've we've kind of talked Covered. about a lot yeah. of them yeah I, I definitely want to see Tom Ahern play uh, I think he could be I think he could be really really good um, I'd like to see Ryan Baird get an opportunity as well. I know they're you know pretty competing with positions, but I think they um, is is Jaeger fit at the moment? No, no. I don't know when he's about to come yeah, back. He's, yeah, he's not. He he's could still be back following and... the return to play protocols. Yeah, yeah. So he he's one that I think has tremendous upside. Um, huge, huge man. A lot of experience down in in Super Rugby, and I think he. If he was fit, I think he could be really good for Ireland uh, going forward. Uh, I know he's been kind of in and out of the Munster team quite a lot, but um, he just, like physically, he's got something a little bit different. And I think 
I know when they were scrumming against Leinster, you know, the language was that he was actually very, very strong. And if he gets into a slot, mm. he's very hard to move. And I think that's important. Like, a, you know, I think to get an athlete like that, if you can, if you can work with him and really yeah. bring him on a bit, I think he could do very well. Simon Zebo is enjoying a brilliant run of form at the moment. Would they look towards him as maybe back up to Hugo Keenan? Um, probably not. Um, I wouldn't say. Uh, I know he's playing very well. He's like an absolute legend, but I don't think Zebo is the type of guy you bring in for the leadership uh, part. Um, he he's been playing well, but I think as a, as a keep coming back to it, this is where you look to Lots the next. Young players, and I don't yeah. think I don't think he's the right direction. Anyone else that we haven't mentioned, Pat? Oh, I was like, I was at the shame there. I, I kept looking at like Lens would give you the injury updates every Monday, and I was kept looking for Jamie Osborne, but he's still not back. Like, because it was a shame for him, like, because it like he was doing so well last season. There's so much like he's spoken of so well as well. And I kind of would have thought with the backline injuries, he would have got in there, but it doesn't look like he's going to be back in time to for you could have come in later. I, I think with this is sometimes people think this is a Six Nations squad, it's only for the first couple of rounds, like, so there is a chance for other people to come in and out but yes if Sam Prendergast made the squad as well him and Aheron probably be the 2-1 caps and then maybe yeah like an outsider would be someone like Hodnett or something like that um, and then I can't think of anybody else who's kind of my big case was for Kilgallen earlier in the season as well because I, I like him as a player as well but he hasn't played now for a few weeks as yeah. well so he could be he could be caught up with an injury too Like, but um, but yeah that's they're, they're the kind of ones but then I think Farrell could like I think there could be a couple of surprises still in this squad yeah. tomorrow like he could be surprised by a couple of these guys that he has seen this potential there and, and has brought in that like we might not even be predicting here yeah. Yeah. and as after saying in my ear now that Jaeger's injury will be updated by the end of this week so there could still be good news coming our way when it comes to Jaeger and um, before we move on from Ireland and the Six Nations <laughs> where do you feel like Ireland need to build the most depth again? Ooh, um, everywhere. Uh, I think, look, if you look at, you know, even even in the game against New Zealand, um, in the 10 role, they wanted to keep Johnny on. Uh, I don't know if that was nostalgia or not, but, like, I don't, Jack Crowley wasn't ready to go in, and yeah. I think Johnny could have been gone after, you know, 60 minutes, but you couldn't bring on, so that, you know what I mean? There's mm. there, There's stuff like that, I think, with Lou said, if you think about Porter playing, you know, they probably didn't have that much confidence in Dave Kilcoyne, even though the the, the picture needed to change in, mm. you know. So if Keen Healy's fit, you know what I mean? So yeah. it's it is the ultimate it's it's a savage game and it's not fifteen players now wins you. It is the squad mm. and it's even beyond the squad. So um yeah, I mean look, I think we're always we're, we're always we're fortunate that we have a lot of really good back rows mm-hmm. um you know even Kean Prendergast we haven't even talked about him yeah. I think yes, he's been I think absolutely. he's been playing really well as well at the moment um so that's kind of one position we're usually quite good in um and then we're pretty lucky that we have Robbie Bundy and Gary all in the center and Jamie Osborne coming through and there's a couple of other ones there um I think the set piece is always going to be big. Uh, that's why I really like the, the sorry, as in the front five. I really like that we actually have a lot of absolute giants coming through as well. Because, you know, at the end of the day, when you come against South Africa, they're going to have an enormous team yeah. and a lot. Like that's the way rugby's trending against big, big athletes. That's why I, I love seeing uh, Joe McCarthy running around, Tom O'Hearn running around. 
um, even Brian Gleeson and mm, and, and, yeah, and some of these young players mm. coming through from Munster. Uh, Edwin Adogbo, yeah. uh, poor lad as well. Like he's, I thought he was really, really doing well this season. These guys are all 125 to 135. Big, big athletes mm -hmm. with what Ireland need. Mm -hmm. and typically, we haven't really had. We've been a little bit light. So um, people like that coming on is, is important. So to answer your question, depth everywhere. <laughs> Everywhere. Okay. Before we finish up, Leinster's drive for five is still on track. They beat Stad at the weekend with seven tries. It wasn't a perfect performance, Pat, but um, they were impressive. Yeah, and and um, yeah, and just some. So it's like I suppose again, like you're looking maybe even ahead of that. Like the, it's just certain players. Like it was great to see them. Like Doris was Kaylin Doris was everywhere. I, I, Leinster said they put out a heat map, but like it's norm, you don't normally see that in rugby. You normally see that in football. But yeah, what if, was that? Yeah, if it's true, he was all over the place. Like <laughs> there was no data on that at all. It was just like, <laughs> yeah. that was awful. It was a Photoshop job, like. But yeah, no, he was really good. And then uh, yeah, Sheehan took his try really well. And Larmer, yeah, like did like he's doing all he can. And then yeah, just good to see like Lowe back because Lowe was very. Um, there wasn't much to talk about him. Like he just didn't play after the World Cup and. Um, there wasn't much, too much information given on him, so it was great that he was kind of back then as well. So, um, yeah, they would have just been happy with the kind of performances of, of a few of those lads, and um, yeah, they'll be yeah very happy. And as as Dan was mentioning, like Ryan Baird is kind of um, everything that's kind of been loaded on top of him because he he had that thing he was dropped from the match day twenty three for that New Zealand game, mm -hmm. and McCarthy was picked ahead of him, so that would have hurt him a good bit. Like and. I, th I think he has the potential to be a starter yeah. like for Ireland in the Six Nations like so so good to see him kind of going well so uh, and then yeah I think Frawley this was his chance to play start two games at 10 in a row in Europe and show everybody I can do it and and, yeah. and that he might not even play this weekend but it was good to then have Prendergast play half an hour and uh, he was chuffed with himself at the end like looking at some of the photos and videos of kind of like this is it. This is real, and he so he he'll have taken a lot from that if he has to start this weekend. Like so, uh, yeah, just a lot of positives and like fair play to Leinster as well for getting such a big crowd out as well. Considering yeah. that Stad were kind of sending a, a shadow team almost, yeah. like you know. Yeah, that's the thing. It was largely a second string Stad team, so the opposition have to be taken into consideration when analysing this performance. And Leinster won't be getting ahead of themselves, Dan. But what positives would you take <sighs> from it? Yeah, look, it's been a trend. I I I said you know. Montpellier sent over their lambs a couple of years ago and lost 75 nil. So it's like, it's not a, a precedent, but it's sailed in similar. They weren't full strength mm. in the first game, the first yeah, game yeah, of yeah. Europe. So teams just know how hard it is to come to the yeah. Viva, particularly, you know, early in the year where Leinster are typically firing pretty, pretty well. But look, you can only beat who's ahead of you. I actually, I actually think sometimes if you send over, um, a younger team, uh, you get players who wouldn't typically get a shot, so they're really up for it, and it's mm. actually quite hard to break them down. I think we saw that a little bit in the start of the Stad game, where it did take a while. I think they scored right on half time to make it seventeen, yeah. but it was relatively close. But yeah, look, it's you know I think in last seasons with Leinster, <clears throat> they've almost I wouldn't say peaked too early, but they're playing like top top rugby in kind of December time. Uh, and this year is a little bit different where we've got a new defensive system and we haven't been firing on, on all cylinders. It's probably the best performance they've had so far this year. Um, yeah. But still a hell of a lot of growth there and a hell of a lot of people to come back from injury and stuff like that, which is exciting. So hopefully they can build them, keep that momentum going. Um, 
and they can really start to peak at the business end at the right yeah. time of the season. They have Leicester away this weekend. Um, Leicester are third in the pool and they're currently seventh in the Premiership and they're still fighting to advance in the competition. Leinster have secured mm. um, their place in the round of 16 and I think only need one point to garner home advantage. Mm. So Leinster will want to make sure of that. But Leicester, what are you expecting from them at home? Yeah, they look decent. Like it's it's a strange premiership this year, isn't it? Like with so, so few sides and stuff like that. But they've 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 looked decent in some of their games. Like you know, so um, I, I still kind of think Leinster will be going for the win. Like like Leinster would never go for like let's take the bonus point or anything like that. I still would fancy Leinster's chances as well. But um, yeah, Leicester kind of they've 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 come on. Like there's a couple of yeah, it's hard to kind of judge the premiership really, isn't it? Because because there's a couple of like the likes of Gloucester who's just gone out and losing every game and, and like he can look great one week and, and not the next but um, yeah they'll be targeting kind of like a kind of big performance this weekend but I, I do think I'd, I'd fancy Leinster to edge it though still Ulster and Connacht we don't have much time left but uh, Connacht a step too far for them in Europe do they gain anything or benefit anything from getting performances like this from no, games no. like this away no like it's it's tough to start off your European campaign the way they did, and it's very hard to to turn it around after that. But even you know, with they played that game in, in Leon on the weekend, and they had Bundy on the bench, were they mm. really in it? Um, I know they scored early, but I kind of I think yeah. they're yeah. It was just I I I like what they're doing down there. I like the direction and uh, Pete Wilkins and the coach and stuff. I actually do like what they're doing, but they're just fighting on too many fronts here at the moment. I think yeah. they've been really good in the league in yeah. a couple of games and, and, and they've shown growth and sparks of what they want to what they want to become but for them nah I'd, I'd have nothing to be gained really and Ulster you know they're are they still in contention they won one they of the they need games, to beat yeah. Harlequins to win yeah. and are they they're away they're away that. in the yeah. stoop I'd be, it'd be tough like Harlequins are are, are are looking pretty good at the moment anytime you've got Marcus Smith and Danny Kerr running around yeah. they're they're pretty dangerous but look it's it's by no means an impossible kind of feat going over there I'd say a lot of teams would almost write them off after that yeah. to lose game so they'll go in there and, and, and give it everything they can and hopefully they can they can get a win Okay, well, thanks a million, Dan. Pat, we'll leave it there for today's show. Before we finish up, um, we're going to leave you with an interview that Pat did with Quail and Doris just before Christmas, and we'll be back on House of Rugby next week. Until then, from all of us here, Slong Fold. Caelan, how are you getting on? Good, thanks. Good. How are you keeping? Good, yeah. We were doing we were doing an episode of House of Rugby yesterday, and uh, Mary Trassa from TG Cahar was, was presented, and she called you uh, Quailan, Doris. And I was wondering, have I been getting it wrong for years, or, or can it be pronounced either way? I've no, it's Kaylin. I've heard all sorts though. I've heard Keelan, Quailan, Quailin, everything. So I'm at least bit of this stage. Um I was just kind of seeing what was it? I know what was it? We were doing the show last year and Greg O'Shea was doing it and he was trying to get you on because you you're involved in another business as well, aren't you? And and then you have this kind of thing with JFW renew renewables. And um is that kind of something you like to kind of do? Like kind of have side interests as well and kind of keep the head away from rugby every now and then? Yeah, it's nice having a few other things going on. Um, you always hear as cliched as it is that having a little bit of balance and having some extracurricular things or things outside of rugby to focus on uh, can be beneficial for your rugby career as well as everything else after it. So, um, yeah, no, I like having a few other bits on the side, especially I've been lucky not having too many injuries over the last while, touch wood, but especially during those periods, it's nice to have a distraction and something you can turn your focus to. 
And what's the what's the 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 business then? Is that something you have with a couple of friends? Is it? Yeah, it's it's actually not really uh operate. It's not really an operation anymore. Um, it was a clothing business, so it actually came about during that concussion period I had back in twenty one. Um, myself and a friend, his dad used to work in the sort of textile business, so uh, he had a few contacts in that space and. We yeah we branched out from just doing hats and t-shirts into hoodies and pants and shorts as well. So um, yeah, we just did one round of everything and yeah, it was enjoyable. But yeah, yeah. Didn't want to put too much money into it, so we've we've called it a day at this stage. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, I was saying I saw I think you were down maybe Leinster were doing a tour and they were down in Kilkenny. You're in a classroom chatting to a few of the lads and um, so I was saying I know you you went through a lot of the World Cup stuff and. You know, it's been out there, but I was saying I haven't had a chance to talk since myself. But like how what I suppose what's your kind of overall take now? You've got a bit of perspective, especially back you've you've had the chance. I remember Josh van der Fleer saying he just couldn't wait to bait the heads off the other provincial lads now, like and get it out of the system. What is it being like now? Like there's a bit of a bit of distance from the tournament. What are the thoughts on it now? Um the disappointment's still there and um the frustration of it and stuff when when I look back on it but I also look back on the whole period with so much fondness and so many good memories from the period and so many connections that grew and the relationships we were already a pretty close-knit crew going out there and having spent um a number of years in camp together pretty much this this group now so we're already very close-knit but Spending the whole preseason and then being out in France for the guts of two months together, those relationships grow further. And yeah, we had great crack off the pitch, even the bus journeys, and um, everyone was in great form. But obviously, didn't reach our ultimate goal, which um, yeah, is 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 pretty. It still hurts, but you kind of have to find ways to put a positive spin on it. And um, yeah, it's been helpful being back in Manchester and. Uh, getting stuck back into games and having big games as well over the last number of weeks has been good just to shift the focus and um yeah we still feel that there's a lot more in us growth wise and specifically personally to me I feel I can still get a lot better so a lot of my focus and energy has been going into that and trying to improve and trying to get my performances better. Does um I, I saw there what was it the like I remember the some of the Kiwi commentators were talking during the World Cup about you know what oh like you know people in Ireland would have said oh they didn't play at their you know top level and they were kind of frustrated saying well they weren't allowed to you know that kind of thing it is that kind of thing when when you get to the kind of top stages and you're you're cancelling each other out in a way isn't that the way it kind of sometimes works? Yeah, yeah, it's definitely a two way thing where your both teams are trying to uh, impose their game plan on the other and some aspects get taken away and some foster so. Um, yeah, no, it was definitely a case of that. Um, there's some things that we feel that we could have done better regardless of what they were doing. And then there's other things that through their pressure they took away from us. So it's always a blend of both. Um, and we, we were aware going into the week that they had improved quite a bit since we beat them over there uh, back in 22. So we were aware that it was going to be a different team, but we, we felt we'd made good steps and leaps forward as well since then too and had grown as well. Um, so there was a lot of confidence going into the week, which in some ways makes it harder to take and um, adds to the disappointment of it all. But, um, yeah, no, I think as time passes as well, I will I will start to look back on the experience with even more fondness because, yeah, it was a very special one. And 
some of the days like inside of France, South Africa and Scotland were just the atmospheres and the whole buzz in the city amongst the Irish was just incredible. And yeah, it's, it's things that I, I'll never forget. And the last one now, before I move on to more current kind of stuff, is just like, did you have a chance? Because I know there's some very like kind words spoken by like Savardi Savea after the game and stuff. And is there a chance to kind of have conversations or even a beer or two with any of those lads after the game? Like, was, was there any kind of moments like that that kind of stood out to you, even with the South Africans as well? Um, not a whole lot, no. Through the group stages, especially with the likes of South Africa, there's probably a bit of wariness that you're you could face them again at some stage. So uh, we weren't getting too friendly at that stage. Um, we had shared a few beers over in New Zealand last mm. summer, but no, not not this time. Um, I actually got drug tested after the game, so I was I was uh, in a different department altogether. Um, yeah, yeah, I didn't have the opportunity, unfortunately. There's, there's a lot of talk now at the moment with like you know I suppose with Johnny kind of stepping away and um you know the Six Nations kind of come up as well about captaincy I saw like I was reading Peter O'Reilly had done a piece there at the weekend about I just kind of mentioned possible candidates as well and and kind of even seen your name mentioned in it like I know you like yourself and Hugo would be kind of in that leadership group as well like is that something that you'd love to do in the future like you know would that be a massive honor is that ever something that's on your you know your list of goals that you make sometimes at the start of a season. Mm-hmm. Um, it would be a massive honour and um, it's not something I'd put a whole lot of thought into at this stage um, it, it isn't one of my goals for this season anyway but um, we've got some some great leaders there who would have been under Johnny and helping Johnny quite a bit um, so I'm sure one of those guys is going to step up and do a great job and like you mentioned myself and Hugo and another group of lads will be there to support them and um, help them along the way but I think with any team you need a group of leaders not just one official leader so we had that in the past under Johnny and I'm sure we'll have that again and how did you find because like your own experience I think it was 2018 you were the the under 20s captain as well how did you find that experience and had you previous captaincy experience from like schools or club or anything like that yeah um, I captained my senior cup team in school and then would have captained Leinster 18s and Ireland 18s as well before the 20s. Um, yeah, it's it's like I said, it is it's a massive honor to captain a team. Um, it's something that I sort of put a bit of pressure on myself to do a good job. And um, in some ways, it's as much as it's an honor, it's kind of it can be less enjoyable at times as well. Definitely more work, which is more rewarding at times too, but um yeah I've been enjoying trying to do it this season a little bit more with without the title I think probably after 2018 I wasn't as uh forthright or forefront in terms of leading as much but I'm trying to develop that again over the last number of seasons yeah yeah and I suppose even just there like is there anything you would take you know because you've been played under some great captains as well like is there anything that you would take from from any from what you've seen from any of them is there any examples from of, of any of the guys that you kind of were like okay I'll I'll add that or, you know, that, that might help if I ever take that, take on that role in the future. Um, I think the sort of authenticity that Johnny would have led with and um, he's, he can be quite an emotional person and being forthfront and forthright with that was quite impressive. Um, he's obviously a very good speaker as well and um, his whole sort of, the amount of time he invested into rugby and, um, it really was at the top of his list of priorities as long with along with obviously his family and whatnot but he put so much time and so much effort into it and 
uh, wanted the best for the team and was always very team first in his decision making. So there's quite a few admirable qualities like that that yeah I would have taken away for sure. And there's, I suppose I just have two two questions left here. One of them is just that we're seeing it now in the last week or so with like Andy signing on for 2027, your own contract kind of getting announced yesterday as well. I saw even James Lowe was doing an interview at the weekend. He says he wants to stay on to 2027. So it, it, already the, the gears are shifting, aren't they? And it's like that focus. It's like uh, like 2024 is probably going to kick it off again, like that path to, to where you want to get to again. So like, is there a bit of... I don't know if you guys have spoken much after that World Cup again or like, but is there a whole thing of like, okay, let's crack into it again in 2024? Definitely. Yeah, it was funny. I was actually out in the High Performance Centre yesterday in Blanchardstown, where we're based when we're in camp and where we would have been based for the whole preseason. And yeah, it gets you excited to be back in. Excuse me. It gets you excited to be back in camp. Um, But no, it's definitely going to be exciting, hopefully being back in there and um seeing all the lads and being back with them and, setting new goals as a team for what we want to achieve this year. and Also, even just looking at the schedule of games we've got with Friday night away to France, mm-hmm. who obviously would have been quite disappointed with how they went out in the World Cup as well. So, um, yeah, if you can't get excited for that game, then you're in the wrong career. <laughs> and then the last one I was just going to show you today was the, um, like, a, a great curtain raiser to this next Six Nations is going to be that... Um, the Netflix series, like Full Contact, I think it's out like maybe a week before it all starts. Um, are you guys almost as much as everyone else looking forward to it? I wonder if you're going to get teasers or anything like that. But, um, you, you know, like, would there be a kind of thing like a bit of anticipation of all sitting down and maybe watching a couple of episodes together or or the slaggins will all start off again? It really is going to be a different kind of dynamic, isn't it, for this next Six Nations? Yeah, that'll be cool. Um. I love those sort of behind the scenes documentaries. So I'm looking forward to watching them anyway. Um, like Drive to Survive and the All or Nothings have been great watches. So um, hopefully it will have a good impact on the sport and bring a few more eyes to the game as well. So uh, it's good time and coming out just ahead of this year's Six Nations. So hopefully yeah, we'll add another dimension. I was saying, yeah, it's either a poison challenge. Like you're either going to be focused on or else the interviews that are done with you aren't even going to be used and you probably get disappointed as well. Like, but um, yeah, I know it should be good. So listen, good luck with that. And, and I was saying, it's great to see you guys getting the win over in La Rochelle as well and kind of, um, you know, how much that's going to mean to you guys and kind of confidence levels for the rest of the season. So good luck with that and congrats on the new contract as well. Thanks very much. Appreciate it. Sports Show presents House of Rugby.